The Labour Party has had another layer of experience peeled away yesterday with the announcement that finance spokesperson Grant Robertson was retiring. After a 15-year parliamentary career, including six years as finance minister and three as deputy prime minister, Mr Robertson will quit politics next month to become vice-chancellor at Otago University. It means Labour now has just nine members of parliament who were in that 20-strong cabinet formed after their 2020 election win. One of them, of course, is party leader Christopher Hipkins, uh, who is on the line now. Good morning. Good morning, Corrie. The only person that calls me Christopher is my mother. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why I did that, but anyway, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, you're not in trouble. No, uh, not yet anyway. Um, This uh, retirement is clearly a big blow because... Grant Robertson, whilst finance minister, had a had a larger than life role in the party with so many other areas. He sort of the sense that he could uh, provide support to so many other ministers. Yeah, Grant's been an incredible uh, member of our team over fifteen years, and actually before that as well, because uh, you know he played a variety of behind the scenes roles during the Clark government, where he was you know part of the glue that that has held things together. And I don't think we should ever underestimate the major contribution he's made. I mean, I will miss him not just as a colleague, but he's one of my closest friends. And uh, you know, um, it's it's been a hard couple of weeks as he's worked through this process, but I'm actually really excited for him. I think it's a fantastic job. For And I also think that, you know, politics is a pretty all-consuming job to go into. And when you reach that point where you you just don't feel that you've, you know, kind of got the fight left in you, the fire in the bellies, perhaps not what it used to be, then when people make that decision to move on, you really have to respect that. And whilst I will miss him, uh, you know, I'd love it if he was sticking around, I also respect that this is the right thing for him Mm. to do. What role did the decision to that you made ultimately ahead of the election not to go ahead with the wealth tax? There was also the um, social insurance scheme, two policies that were, Grant Robertson was pretty keen on and had done a lot of work on. You made ultimately an election call that you couldn't go to the, to the election with them. What role did they play in him deciding to, to retire? I think his decision it was certainly not a, not about issues around tax. I, you know, I think that after being in politics and holding the senior roles that he's held for a period of time, including leading the New Zealand economy through the global pandemic, I think you know a time in opposition is net, it's natural for people to look at that and go, okay, maybe maybe it's time for me to move on. Because actually, in, in opposition, you're not just thinking about the next three years; you're actually thinking about aiming to win uh, the next election and then to be in government beyond that. So you're actually talking about the sort of six to nine years. And so now is the time when people look at that and go, actually, have I got another nine years in me or or should I make way for somebody else? You are going to have to deal with that issue around tax and whether or not Labour as a, a party in terms of its values, what it stands for, believes that the system is unfair and that there should be more taxation of capital capital gains with housing or, or a wealth tax. Do you agree? Is that something that Labour has to deal with once and for all? I'm going to say that because you've said that a few times probably before. I think all governments need to grapple with what's the best and fairest tax system for New Zealand. There are gaps in our tax, tax system relative to other countries. The fact that we have such a, a reliance on personal income tax in our tax system does uh, differentiate us from other countries where government revenue comes from sources other than just personal income tax at a, to a greater level. But actually, we can't look at tax system in isolation. In isolation. We've got to look at tax um, in the context of our 
our broad economic policy and in our in terms of our strategy and our priorities around government spending as well. Um, those things all need to be considered together, and so we'll be doing that. Um, and going into the next election, you know, we'll have a, a plan. It's not just about tax, but it's about all those other things yeah, too. But that's the key, isn't it? I mean, because because previous Labour parties, when in opposition and in government, have done that. They've had working groups. They've come up with policy positions a la a capital gains tax only to drop it when the heat comes on uh, in an election campaign when your critics and opponents you know start to start to go after it how will you combat this that this time round yeah, I'm absolutely determined that as we go into the next election, we'll have a policy platform. You know, we'll have some commitments that we're putting in front of the New Zealand public that are credible, that we've worked through the detail of, that we can answer questions of, and that we know are deliverable. And uh, you know, I think that's the that's the task that we've got ahead of us. Now, that's not the sort of work you do overnight. So we're not going to be answering the, all the questions people have about that in the next couple of months because actually we need to do that work. Will you have it done by the end of the year? I mean, do you need to have that done early in the term? Well, if you look at the, the um, election that we just had, the, the then national opposition announced the tax policy in the final weeks of the election. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to have a standard set for us that that's never been applied to any other party. You know, we'll set out the broad parameters of, of what we're what we're doing and the values that sit behind our decision making. But in terms of our specific commitments around tax, they'll probably be quite close to the election as every other party has campaigned in election campaigns. Well, I mean, it's one thing holding back your tax policy because you argue you haven't got the latest numbers or whatever into an election campaign. But what are you suggesting that if you had a a wealth tax or a capital gains tax, you wouldn't announce it until the last few weeks before an election. Oh, no, 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 what I'm saying is you, you'll get the specifics close to the election, but you'll get the broad parameters sure. of what we're willing to consider much earlier than that. And that is ultimately going to be, be what, Barbara Edmonds' job, or do you have a wider group of ministers, or potential ministers, members, who would be involved in that process of, of coming up with your tax plan? Uh, that work will be led by myself as the leader, Barbara Edmonds is our finance spokesperson, Deborah Russell is our revenue spokesperson, and a range of other people uh, within the party, including within the caucus, who have an interest in it. Um, you know, this is this is something that we need to take our time to work through carefully. David Parker? Um, I'm sure he's got a view on it, and he's a member of our team. And yes, so he, of course, as a member of our team, he'll be involved in that. Have you had a review back on the election performance from the Labour Party? Uh, it's a work in progress. I understand that the, the review that's uh, done by the party itself um, is due sort of in the next month or two. They've done a lot of interviews with people. We don't generally don't share all of the results of that publicly because you know some of that will be um, you know internal matters to the party. But that that process is ongoing. But it's more than just that. You know we we're we're taking the time as a team as a as an as a team of MPs to look at what did we do over the last six years when we were in government, not just the last campaign, but the, what did we do in government that we are happy with, what would we do differently um, and therefore you know, what can we learn for, next, mm. for the next go round It's interesting you say doing, doing differently are you trying to do opposition leader differently? I mean there's been some commentary about this idea that you've put out no press releases, you, you don't seem to be barking at every car uh, you're too laid back uh, is that a deliberate strategy? No, that's exactly the comment that you just made. Is, is, those are my words. I'm not going to bark at every passing car. I actually think New Zealanders are tired of that a little bit. I think what they want to see is the opposition. Yep, we're holding the government to account. We're asking them questions and so on. 
But we're also taking the time of being in opposition to, to do that deeper thinking, to formulate some new ideas, to go into the next election with a refreshed lineup. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to produce instant answers to every question mm. that's asked. How do you do that deeper thinking? Are you going to go out and talk to New Zealanders? Are you going to hold hui and forums and discussions? How will you go about figuring, figuring that out? I think there'll be several elements to that. One is, you know, taking the time to read and to talk to people who have done some of that thinking. So we're engaging a lot with the authors, uh, both in New Zealand and internationally, of some sort of leading thinking in the economic space and in the social policy space. Environmental policy is another area which um, I think we can do some more thinking on. Um, and I want to I want to take the opportunity to do that. Then getting out around New Zealand's communities and listening. When you're in government, by the nature of government is that you spend a lot of time speaking and, and perhaps less time listening. And so we've got that opportunity now in the in opposition. It's one of the, the things that you do can do more of in opposition is getting out and, and listening to people. Well, just finally on that, who are you looking to internationally in terms of the Labour movements? I mean, are you looking to Labour in the UK? I mean, they're trying to win an election. They seem to be moving to the centre. Well, certainly we'll look at Labour in the UK. We'll look at what, you know, we'll be following the next presidential election in, in the US very closely, and our friends across the Tasman. But we'll also be looking at uh, some of the perhaps non-political actors who are, um, who, are, who are doing some thinking about the overall shape of the economy. I've been, you know, reading a number of books. I've been reading um, Mariana Mazzucato's most recent books around, um, around the international economy and what we can learn from that. Um, I think we, we should be aiming to draw on as many um, and as broad a range of ideas as possible. Thomas Piketty on your list? Uh, Thomas Piketty, the book's already on my bookcase. It's got a bookmark halfway through. Good luck with that. A few years back. It's it's quite a heavy read, I have to say. Yeah, pretty academic stuff, isn't it? Uh, Hey, uh, thank you very much for your time. That is the Labour Party leader, Chris Hipkins.